Yo, what's good? It's your boy Derek Branch here at StrikeSevenSports.com. This is another episode of the Strike Seven Sports Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Bodden, Lee Edwards, and Seabury. This is another episode of the Strike Seven Sports Podcast. So we're just gonna go right into it. And our first topic of the night is something that I want to revisit. This is because we talked about this in the summer about Tom Brady and his uh eventual fall off the cliff. And I just got some, I got some numbers to like support this argument. And I know the media, the mainstream media, is gonna give him every benefit of the doubt. But I'm gonna just bring this up to y'all, and just y'all be the judge as we revisit this topic. So week one against Dallas, they won, but he was 18 to 27, 212 yards, one TD. One interception against the Saints, eighteen and thirty-four, one hundred ninety yards, one touchdown, and um, yeah, just one touchdown, one touchdown pass. Um, against Green Bay, thirty-one to forty-two, two seventy-one, one touchdown, three sacks. So, in each of these games, Brady has struggled a bit. Busting have they even the bus haven't even uh put up 30 points yet or even touched 25 points yet, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So with everything I just said, do you think Brady's uh the cause of Brady's slow start is because of the the lack of weapons that he's that he has that he has right now or old age? Uh I'll take this one first and I'll make it short and sweet. I think it's just a little bit of both. Uh, I believe this is his last year in the NFL. I'll be stunned if he comes back. Um, and Mike Evans, at least for the Green Bay game, wasn't there. His lack of weapons kind of there. And I, I just put in a – it was a few days ago, but it was kind of when I was seeing where the Titans were. They were a bad offense, bad defense. When it should look, when I looked at the buck, on a, it was a graphic, uh, a graph. And I saw the bucks. They were a good – or actually, I think maybe a great D. And a bad offense. So maybe it's just their entire offense just is a click and it's not just Brady. So as long as they're they're two and one, it's not a big deal. If they were losing more games, then it'll be a big deal. But let, let's let's judge this after maybe the first halfway through the season. Then we can say I have a more definitive answer. Um I would say it's really a combination of both, like like Ryan said, but I really think it's yeah, I would lean more towards the uh, the, uh, the um, options and the weapons around him. Uh, the 22nd in points this season so far, but number one, they're fighting the defense was ranked number one in the points again. So obviously more on the offense. Um, suspensions, injuries have really played this team. Uh, some Mike Mike Evans obviously, the Jim uh, Bernie Bernards, the um, they uh, obviously know Chris Godwin, and they they've been they've been really making you know making them do what they have. And while they have talented players, when you, you a team only can overcome so much. And I think that in that Green Bay game, Green Bay just made a few more plays. Um, they really got off to a sluggish start, you know, offensively in the Dallas and you know the uh, Saints games. But they were just really hand hand wrap, you know, you know their defense showed up and just really 
can get them those other two games, but in Green Bay was just more disciplined last year. So I would just really say, you know, let's see this team at full strength. Let's see this team get Chris Godwin back. Let's see, let's see them get Mike Evans back this upcoming week against the Chiefs. And then, you know, let's let's uh assist, you know, and give it, give an evaluation on today. Uh, that's true. I could I could respect that, but I mean, yeah, Mike Evans against the Cowboys. You had him against um the Saints for the I would say a vast majority of that game, and they've kept him in check. And I would say something else, um, something else important to it as well. I noticed that they play some really good defenses, man. Um, Dallas. I think a lot of people need to give start giving Dallas a lot of credit for the defense that they have right now. People wasn't expecting that, including me, but they've done a great job. Green Bay is a really good defense. The Saints is a really good defense, but when you don't have those pieces like that, it makes a, it can make an aging QB look really old. Anything, anything else on that? Uh, I really think that, you know, like you said, uh, yeah, they played some really good defenses. Um, but, you know, you really three really good defenses. Like that, you said, the Cowboys defense is number one in the league in you know, sacks. So keep that in mind. So they played against a ferocious pass. But I just feel that maybe with like with Brady's age now, you're just not going to put it on his shoulders to win games no more. You got this, you know, you got solid weapons at full speed. So it's just like Leonard Fournette. Can carry the load more, you know. They got they have they have the depth, you know. They don't they don't need to put it on Brady's shoulders. And I just feel like just because people, you know, just because Brady not put them numbers that he can. Don't let's let's not let's not forget who he is. Who he his name holds a lot of weight. He might not be you know throwing it for four hundred yards anymore, you know, and you know producing these high quality you know numbers that, that we're used to we're accustomed to seeing. But let's not forget who this man is. Uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Go ahead. This is kind of – I don't know if this necessarily relates, but I just thought of it. I don't, do you think the stuff happening off the field is having any impact? I, I, I didn't think so, and I thought you guys would feel the same. It's just something that I thought. Brought, I, don't, I don't know, man. You don't look the upbeat, Brady, to me, man. Impressive. Go ahead. I, I wasn't saying, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel that you know everybody deals with a lot of these NFL players are dealing with things off the field, and I think that's channeled within. I know, and Brady's done a good job of separating personal from pri- personal from on the field, and you know, obviously, you know, with the murmurs that you know they would live, he and his wife were living in separate, you know, houses and stuff like that in this situation. I, I, I doubt that. He would let that affect, you know, his performance on the field because he's always been a, have a working like attitude and mentality of, you know, maintaining a separation of private from, you know, private life from, you know, professional life. And so, I don't think that's going to change now at the age of forty-five. And so I, you know, I just think that you know, teams there's a formula to play the books. You just keep, keep, keep the, you know, the, the explosive plays contained, and you know, put up enough points that you can try to win a game against. I mean. Teams aren't finna outscore. You're not finna do too much to get that Bucks defense. So they're always gonna be in every game, even if the offense like that Saints game. You that, that Bucks defense did a phenomenal job of keeping this, them in that game. 
and the Cowboys game, and you can say the Packers game. It's just the, the offense didn't execute late. So if the formula for the, for the Buccaneers this year, defense keep a team to – if they keep a team under 20 points, they're probably going to win the game. I mean, obviously, Packers, they didn't win last this week, but, you know, that's not going to be the norm. Right. I agree. Um, go ahead. You, you want to add, uh, yeah. Brian? I was going to say, I don't necessarily agree with that, that. I don't think their offense will be this bad the entire year. One thing, another thing that we could also say that could uh, be a point that some people don't talk about a lot is early in the year, defenses have an advantage over offenses. And so as the year goes, the offenses get more rhythm and they become better. But early in the year, defenses have an advantage over the offenses. So I, I think I, I would disagree that they, they had the defense. Their defense is great, and ultimately, I believe that's what ultimately helped them win a Super Bowl. But I don't think their defense. I don't think that's even fair to ask their defense to hold people under. Or I know it was just well, maybe our suggestion if they hold them under twenty points every game or a lot of their games, then they're probably going to win because I don't think the offense will be that bad for the entire year. You don't um, know that though. We'll see, but I do. I don't know. Do we think it's gonna be that bad? You think oh, it's not good? I never mentioned the offense being bad for us. I just said the defense is gonna yeah. keep them in games, like regardless of whether the offense is playing. That's right. I, 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 yeah, I've never mentioned anything about them having a sub. I, I, I even mentioned earlier that they don't even have the full parts of the machine yet. So it's not, you know, I, I can't assist this team until I see Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, the whole, you know, the go the guys that are gonna be core to them, you know. Making a, a run to get back to a Super Bowl, but I just feel like even when, you know, if they they're gonna win, I can see this team winning 17, 13 games. I can see this team winning 13, 10 games. So because of what, because of that defense, man, I don't think they're gonna, I don't think that many teams are gonna put up 20 points on them. I don't, cause it, and and trust me, I I, I don't from what I've seen, just and they haven't played some solid offenses. You know, they played Dallas without. That I mean, for a bit of that, you know, Saints have a good offense when you know James is right, and obviously the, we know what Aaron Rodgers can do. So, if that's if that's the blueprint of them winning games, they have a good chance of making making it far this year. I dig that. Respectable, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I'm kind of like, yo, man. He doesn't look. He doesn't. He doesn't look as you know crisp. As in the past, man, in his past, some of his passes, man, just, I don't know. But we'll see, though, man. All right, moving right along, man. We're going to talk about another team in the NFC, and that's the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They are they are 3-0 and right now on the um, – I think they're only undefeated as well. The Miami Dolphins is undefeated as well. But then um, along with the Miami Dolphins, they're the only uh, undefeated team in the uh, NFL right now. And – they had a big test this past week against the Miami week a weekend against the uh, Buffalo Bills, a uh, Super Bowl contender in a lot of people's eyes. They won that game. They had uh they came from behind to beat the uh Damn, hold on. I'm tripping. My bad. I meant to say the Philadelphia Eagles, man. They undefeated. They have uh, beat it the uh, Minnesota Vikings the previous week. They took down the Washington Commanders this week. And week one, I think they beat the, uh, the Detroit Lions and Jalen Hurts. He's had a multiple games where he's throwing uh, two or more touchdown passes, uh, put some big numbers. And so far, they're looking like the um, 
best team in the NFC right now. So what, what do y'all think? Um, I agree with you. I do think that the Eagles, are, as of this moment, look like a really good team. Uh, what, what's what's impressive about the Eagles is their completeness. The team offensively is very, you know, efficient. Obviously, you have Jalen Hurts, who I would say has shocked a lot of people with his growth. Um, a lot of people, you know, have had their naysayers about would would he be that guy. They've given him every reason to succeed. There's no reason to fail. You can make that argument. But also, you can say he's also brought the best out of this team. Um, some of, you know, his dynamic, you know, running running skills and obviously his, his, his live arm to him. So I think he's done everything that you could ask for. He's obviously, you know, we'll get into that, you know, and if, if he, MVP, you know, people have those early, you know, predictions and all that. So, I honestly think the Eagles, from a defensive standpoint, um, probably one of the defenses in the NFL. You obviously can make that argument. They're shut down pretty much every team they've played, and it's not even really been close. But what my only my only fault is with them in a the run game, like Miles Sanders, like. My question with him is, can he be a consistent start? Can he be a starting running back on a team that goes deep in the playoffs? And I know Miles Sanders is good, and he has his moments, but it's the lack of consistency. And when Jalen and when when teams are shutting down Jalen from running, can, can Miles Sanders be that guy? I mean, that that, that you know opposing defenses respect. I mean, obviously he's a, he's a solid running back, but I just you know that's my their running game outside of Jalen Hurts is my only my question that I have about them. But yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles look like that team, but. Another team that I like is the Los Angeles Rams. I know um, after, you know, that, that loss to Buffalo, a lot of people, you know, like they kind of jumped off that bandwagon, you know, that was kind of still coasting from the Super Bowl. But that team was – that team's still really good. And I and that's still my team, my pick to come out the NFC. But wouldn't be surprised at all if I saw the Philadelphia Eagles gas uh, in the Super Bowl. Well, going far in the playoffs. <laughs> Who you doing, Brian? But uh, he kind of confusing because at first I thought you mentioned the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I messed it yeah. up, man. I, <laughs> I was Eagles. like, when you started talking Eagles, I was like, so do you want me to continue with the Eagles or Dolphins? Eagles. All right, yes. okay. It's Yeah, yeah, I agree with most of what he said. The Eagles are a legit team. Uh, Jalen Hurts is playing at the MVP level. Uh, still want to see them when they get – because, like, they're playing some okay teams, but not all the teams are going to be playing are – gonna be in the playoffs so i really want to see them in a playoff setting before i can say i'm truly believers but i think if you want to say they're a playoff team yeah the best team in the nfc right now you can say that right now but i would i don't think a lot of people would pick them to win the nfc they would probably pick the top three when the season started the rams the bucks or the Packers. and i don't see that changing until the eagles beat maybe beat one of those teams in the playoffs or beat one of those teams in the regular season. But, uh, yeah, the Eagles are outside of those three teams. They would, to me, be my pick. If those teams got eliminated from the playoffs, that would be my team to make, make the Super Bowl. But until I see them actually do it, it's I still they're, – they're like one of those – they're a contender, but, like, I'm not all the way in. Like, if I had to – out of a scale of 1 to 10 – do I think they can do? I'd probably say like a five. They're, and I'm not saying they're average team, but I'm just saying like I just I still gotta see more. That's all I'm you trying to say. You gotta see, man. 
I mean, think about who they beat. So week one, who did they play? They played the Lions. Detroit's good. They're good. The Detroit's they're good. Bad, they're better. But let's. this is a non-playoff team. Who did they beat next? The, the Vikings. Right, the Vikings probably make the playoffs, so that's a legitimate win. Then the Commanders. Y'all think the Commanders are making the playoffs? No. No. But it's still an impressive win, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll give them that. But I think who you beat – who you play and who you beat matters. These are just oh. the facts. So oh. we got to give them the credit for winning it. But I mean, it's only two. It's only, they've only been one playoff team, in my opinion. So I'm not going to jump up and down and be like, oh, the Eagles are going to win the season ball. Now I'm not there yet. I'm not even going to lie. Like looking at their schedule, and I, and I, and, I, and obviously, I, I, I didn't even catch you off DB. I know you're about to go, go, go in on your, right. on your thoughts too, but. I'm looking at the schedule, and they play. I think uh, Jagu- is Jaguars, Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, Packers, uh, um, Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and Giants. So, honestly, DB, I'm gonna be talking about the team won 14 games, 13, 14 yeah. games. Like, there's not too many lo- losses in there. Their hardest game will be against the Packers and. I assume, Brian, it's going to be the game that tells a lot for you. Oh, the Dallas game? Yeah. Call me crazy. I think this week's an interesting test. The Jaguars? Yes. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, the Jaguars are better than people think. Or did they just play a a beat-up Chargers team? They were missing about four or five starters on both sides of the ball. Who did they beat before that? I'm trying to see. They beat the – they beat – they shut out the Colts. Yeah, so that's a legitimate one who just beat the Chiefs. So I'm, I think they're better than people think. But we'll, we'll see. There's It's 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 a little – like the, the teams that we know are going to be there are probably going to be there. But the Jags, like I looked on NFL Live, you said you watched it. Maybe you missed the stat. I did watch it. Yeah, where they said Trevor Lawrence is like number one and number two in a lot of important categories within the Jags offense. So the Jags, I think that – and I think is it – Doug Peterson returning to Philadelphia, I think so. So that's just another interesting dynamic. But I think that's a legitimate test for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, but before the season started, I had Philly as my one of my dark horse teams to get to the Super Bowl. And I just um, believe in Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. They put the right pieces around him. You know, got him a wide receiver. He has a tight end. Um, running game could be. A little better with Miles Sanders. Um, defense is really good. People had the questions about the defense before the season started. They've been shedding out teams so far, but I think they're legit, man. And with the schedule that the teams that the teams that you mentioned, they can rattle off seven to eight wins, man, seven to ten wins, and possibly lock up home field advantage. You know, and Philly could be a, a tough place to play to play at. And in the, in the, um, in the playoffs, so um, impressed so far by the team, man. And I think Jalen Hurts could be a MVP candidate, man, so far. But that game against Dallas, man, could be something to, um, to look at. This Jacksonville game could be a test. See how that um, offense gets um, tested. Um, see what uh, Jalen Hurts can do against Jacksonville. What Lawrence can do against the Philly Eagles defense. That'd be an interesting football game. So. Right now, man, I think they are the best team in the NFC, but it's, it's still early. And, you know, teams could get. The 
Looks like even again. Okay, all right, back. All right, moving learning along, man. We talk about the next. We're gonna talk about the Miami Dolphins, and they're three and zero. They beat. They came from Miami to beat Baltimore the previous week. This week they beat the Buffalo. Well, this past week they beat the uh, Buffalo Bills. Everybody's Super Bowl favorite. And the week, the first week they beat uh, New England, a division rival that they pretty much own since two has got to the has been um, taken by the team, the Dolphins. The uh, yeah, the Dolphins. So with that being said, do you think the Dolphins are the biggest surprise in the AFC right now? AFC right now. With a three or no record? No, they're not the biggest surprise. You know who's the biggest surprise? From Jacksonville? No. Uh, the Oak, the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> oh. But, uh, uh, yeah, I really like what I'm seeing from the Dolphins. Uh, they uh, made some moves in the offseason to get better, and it's shown right now. The only questionable decision I had from Sunday was whether they should have put two back in. But that's, um, I guess, for the NFL to decide. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the direction the Dolphins are headed and give credit to Dan Orlovsky. Uh He really – it's still too – I'm not saying he's going to be this good, but he did believe that Mike McDaniel uh, could be the next Andy Reid. And so far, so good for the Dolphins. Got to ultimately make the playoffs. That's not a given after the 3-0 start. But if they make the playoffs and maybe win a game, that's a successful season. Chicago. Do you think you say about the I question? I think the Miami Dolphins are a legitimate playoff team. I think they're they're, they're done. Oh, they've done a very good job of you know utilizing what they have. They brought you know obviously to they drafted to a few years back. Um, and you know they didn't listen to the noise. A lot of the noise was saying they should trade and try to get another quarterback to get in there. They give the Dolphins credit for knowing what they had. Like even and even you know people didn't talk you know they they were talking down about Tua but you know Tua's done his job and a good team performance to even I think he had a concussion and came back and still won they still won the game I think he was concussed because he, he his movements after the you know the play he got hit hit on weren't you know movements of somebody who wasn't concussed but you know I think the Dolphins are a legitimate you know play, team the question is the same I have for the Eagles. Can they run the ball? Because they have no dominant run game at all. Like, Raheem Mostert, solid back, not that same guy he was with the 49ers. Chase Edmonds, good back, but not a consistent in between the whole time. More of a scat back type of, of guy. Um, they're not they, – that's what I question is their run game. That's the, that's the biggest, you know, what if about this team. And, however, I do think that the strength play is obviously, you know, on the boundaries – I think two of the probably the best receivers retain them in the league in, in Hill and Waddle. And I honestly don't think it's a second coach second because, man, that's the, that, the playmaking ability, they are never out of a game, ever. And that's the most dangerous teams are the ones that are hard to put away. So oh. with Miami, with Miami, you know, being, you know, as good as they've been, obviously their first big test, you know, well, next big test will be Thursday against Cincinnati. And then we'll see what we will, a lot of people probably use that as a you know a game to see what it made of because the Bengals are actually favorite to win this game. But you know, 
we'll see we'll see what the Dolphins are, but I think they can they can go a legitimate like eleven and five, eleven and six, twelve and five if they keep this sort of price pace up. Because just like the Eagles, what was, what's good about them those two teams that we that we just talked about, they have they have um they had easier schedules. They had two of the the Dolphins and the Eagles had two of the top ten easier schedules in the NFL. So that's very much has benefited them. Because they only their their next their division was in conference was the AFC. Um, I think it was the AFC. They played in they played against the NFC North in the uh, NFC, and I think it's against the. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they played against the AFC South. So they they got blessed schedule wise, but they're still really good. So you're saying that Waddle and uh, Cheetah is better than uh, Chase and uh, Higgins? Yes. Higgins is too inconsistent for me. Like Higgins will be so? have a game. Higgins will have a game where he's there. Like I see sixty, I see seventy, eighty yards out of him. But then they have a game where I see thirty plus yards out of him. Like just 30, 30, 35 yards, and you're really not making an impact. Waddle and Tyree make impact every game. Like you're not going to see this. Jalen Waddle's. You're going to know he's on the field every play. Sometimes, sometimes T takes plays off. I can give you that. Um, but he was on it last week, though, against uh, the Jets. Yeah, that was a lot of Tyler Boyd, too, though. <laughs> yeah, but Miami was another, my, was another team on my list of those dark horse teams that could possibly make the Super Bowl, man. Uh, just like with the Eagles, they took care of a tour, man. They uh, block out all this outside noise. Uh, then one Tom Brady and then one Deshaun Watson got the head coach. Um, got Teron Armstead, all pro left, left tackle from the Saints. You already had Jalen Waddle, so you went out, went out there, got made the move for Tyreek Hill, Giseki, the um, tight end. Um, uh, running game, yeah, their running game could be a little suspect, you know, with Chase Edmonds. And uh, they still have Miles Gas Miles uh, Gaskin, right? The other running back. Um, defense, they got a really good defense. Got a, a pretty much a got a, a lockdown corner and uh Xavier Howard. Um, uh, good defensive line, but so far I like what I see out of the Miami Dolphins. I think they're a playoff team. Um, I don't know if they could um overstep uh Buffalo. Hey, Leah. Wait, you can hear me? Wait, wait, take. I want to talk to you. I can't hear you. Yeah, I just make sure. I just want you to respond. I think you got your old Wi Fi. That's why it's having all these problems. Yeah, I think, I think my. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it's all right. I hope. I, hope I just hope we don't have to start all over. He'll have to edit this. We got it. I don't want to start all over. And I may come to Memphis for the Temple game. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, he and left then, on. He'll be back. Yeah. And then hopefully, if everything goes well, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I got, I'll have to come back to work. Uh, probably. So I may not go to the Tulsa game, but I'll definitely watch it. And I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm still decided whether I should watch the Houston game because I'm going to pause my YouTube TV while I'm gone. 
and that I'm leaving the day of the Houston game, but I'm leaving like like the Houston game will probably be over by the time my flight takes off. So I may try to watch that. So what's the what's the flight like? Okay, you went to ever like what's the where where's like what's the route? All right, so flying sometimes doesn't make sense. Like what you think would make sense doesn't. But I think yeah. I'm going Memphis to Atlanta, then Atlanta to New York. I don't know why I can't just go Memphis to New York, but that's offline. Is and then from uh, New York, JFK to Accra. To who? Yeah, go ahead. No, what were you saying? Go ahead. No, I was listening to you. I didn't hear oh. what you said. Wait, the the part before. Yeah, you, you said New to... York. You said New York. Then to where? To Accra, Ghana. Uh, That's the capital of Ghana. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. How, how long is that flight? How long is that? Uh, it's about maybe nine, ten hours. A flight? Yeah. Wait, you're, to which one? No, like from New York to Ghana. Yeah, about nine, ten hours. Okay, man. Uh, All right, man. When I was, we were talking about the uh, Dolphins, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I think they're legit, man. I think they're a playoff team. Uh, Tua is another um, another sleeper to win the MVP. It's crazy that both Alabama QBs are balling right now. And they're missing one person missing out right now, Mac Jones. Mac Jones got the uh, the raw deal right now, man. The dude is getting the raw deal, man. Both Tua and uh, Jalen Hurts got weapons. You know what I'm saying? Mac Jones does not. What y'all think about that, man? That's fair. Uh, but you can say he has the greatest coach of all time. Man, nah, bro. Nah, bro. You can't, they, can't, that's cliche. They, can't, they can't do anything in, go, in terms of on-field on production. But go ahead. <laughs> that's so cliche, they, man. Yeah, but, no, but I think the biggest mistake they made was not giving him a proper offensive coordinator. That's the big. Obviously, weapons are important, uh, and and the coaching. But the coaching to me, because I think you can do. They have all right weapons. Actually, I think about they have better weapons than you think. Hunter Henry, uh, Johnny Smith. They may not have great Nelson Aguilar. They may nah, not have bro, like that bro, number bro, one. Yeah, the solid number players. One. I don't. Dude. They have a good good running back. Hold on, hold on, dude. You can't compare national. Nelson Aguilar and uh, Kendrick Bourne, right? Yeah. To uh, guys like uh, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, or Jalen yeah, Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Come on, man. But what how many of those guys are in the league, though? Like what? How many? How many are? Let's say let's quite say, a few of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the the weapons they have, they're not too bad. Again, I think the biggest issue is the who they hired as their OC. That's their biggest issue. They're not good enough to compete, man. I'm, I'm just being, I don't just know. Being real. I think they're better. If Mac Jones, it'll be interesting to see how Brian Hoyle will have his hands full of that. I thought they were doing well with Mac Jones. He did that. They lost the Ravens, but that game was closer than maybe it, it ultimately ended up being. But yeah, with Mac Jones being out, I think they're going to miss the playoffs now. If they have, if Brian, Hoyle, I don't know. Brian Hoyle has some has had some good moments, but I don't think he can rely for how long they're going to rely on him to do well. But we'll see. Uh, if I were the Patriots, I would uh, I would 
I mean, I would try to see what Bailey's they had in Bailey and that fourth round pick Bailey Zapp out of W Western Kentucky. I would have just get because Hoya has a ceiling, and maybe you have something you know that's a high level, a high end backup in uh, Zapp. So I would have tried to give him the Zapp, but obviously they're gonna probably go with the guy Hoya that's that's gonna try to keep quote unquote keep them in playoff until Matt comes back. So, but I, I I'm interested to see what Zapp has because if if he if you know something would happen to Hoya, he'd be next up. So I'm interested in that. So he should they shouldn't go off to Cam Newton. Oh my god. Stop it, baby. Stop. <laughs> we already saw this. Cam Newton, if Cam Newton plays in the NFL again, I'll be stunned. And it's not him that he's bad. It's just he's declining and like and also the Patriots caught him. So even if they really wanted him, I don't know. Cam Cam got an ego. Now I think if, if they offered him an opportunity to come back, he would take it. Of course he'd take it. I don't see that. I'll be stunned if Cam ever plays the NFL again. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I believe it. Unless if he's willing to – and I believe he's willing to be a backup. Like I wanted the Titans to have him instead of Malik Willis or Logan Woodside, but they didn't make that move, so uh, we'll see what it is. You got anything to say, Leo? No, I'm just – no, I don't know. Yeah, man, Cam just look – Cam just look kind of like comfortable in that, that podcast life, so – it is what it is, man. All right, so we're talking about some college football now, man. And the more in particular, we're gonna talk about the Clemson Tigers and just talking about just looking at how they they performed so far. They're not looking like Clemson that we have known to known to see over the years. And they had a really uh, close game this past week against. Uh, Wake Forest, in which they won by a score of, let me see, 40, 51 to 45. We all, I think all, both of us picked, picked that to be a uh, close game. Previous game against Louisiana Tech, they won pretty good, pretty, um, they run 48 to 20. Furman did 35 to 12. George, the first game against Georgia Tech, they didn't look impressive at all, but they eventually pulled away. By score forty one to ten, and they got another tough game this week at they were at home this time against tenth ranked NC State, and the next game after NC State is Boston College. You got to go to Tallahassee to play Florida State. Then you play a um, unbeaten Syracuse team right at the Syracuse team on October twenty second. Notre Dame at, at uh, South Bend, Louisville. That's an interesting team. Louisville at home. Then you got Miami at home. And then South Carolina at home. So, with the remaining schedule for Clemson, do you see them making it to the ACC championship game and possibly the the CFP? Uh, I'll take this one first. I kind of disagree with you. Like, from the standpoint, like, Clemson's struggling. Like, the one thing I'll say is it's harder winning college football. Like, I feel like sometimes, not you, but a lot of people, we take that for granted, especially the programs that have been winning a lot. And so even though I picked Wake last week uh, when we did our picks, and I was kind of disappointed a lot because I felt like they had a great chance to win. Wake's a good football team. Like, give Dave Clawson's a good coach. So I'm not surprised that game was close. And I won't be surprised if they lose a game or two uh, before that, I believe they'll make today the AC, uh, ACC title game. But um, 
I don't think Clemson, they may not be what we once knew them to be, but but think about all the staff changes they've undergone. They lost two coordinators, two coordinators this offseason. Rarely do you see that happen at a program unlike uh, not named Alabama uh, and them having the success they're having. But Dabo's built a great culture that he's able to withstand uh, some losses. So I, I think the one question I ultimately I'll have, and this will determine whether Clemson can reach their ceiling or not, is DJ Youngalele. Can he get get? Can he play well enough, particularly in the passing game, when the run game isn't going? Because teams know if you really want to stop Clemson's offense, take away the run and force DJ Youngalele to beat you. And the question is, can he do it? Uh, some games he showed he can. Well, some games he's been a better passer than he's than and good enough for them to win. But the games they've lost, that's played a big role in it. So we'll see uh, what he's able to do. Uh, but that that's the ultimate question. And some people want, have been calling for Cade Klubnik, the highly touted freshman out of Texas. And he's really good and he's coming soon. But I just I don't know if he's physically ready for the moment. But we'll see, like, God forbid. But let's say DJ Youngalele gets hurt. Cade Klubnik, Klubnik, Klubnik. I'm sorry, I'm struggling with his name. Plays well enough where Dabo has a decision to make, then they'll be interested. But right now, I think they're going to ride with DJ the rest of this year, unless if he plays so poorly where uh, Dabo has no choice. But we'll see. What you got, Leo? I think Clemson is just, you know, they're, not, they're, they're still, I think that Clemson's still a very good program. Still a very good team. They're just not the Clint. They're just not winning games the way we used to in terms of the strict dominant defenses and all that. And then also, it's not just really Clemson. They're just the ACCs have gotten better too. Like in a way, like teams like Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, those teams have gotten better. And like like Wake Forest, like a few years ago, probably would have gotten blown out, probably blown away by Wisconsin. By I was trying to buy Clemson. But they've gotten better. Dave Claus, the other teams have just gotten better. And Clemson's finding different ways to win. And I think when people think – when people have – you know, we're used to seeing Clemson dominate their offense and defense. And they're still got it offensively. Trust me. They showed against – I mean, even though Wake's horrible on defense, woefully horrible, um, Clemson showed that they – trust me, they still have it offensively. And defensively, you know – in today's era, it's hard. In, in college football, it's hard not to give up a lot of points. It's hard because with the way the pace and flow, and y'all know this stuff. But I still think Clemson is the class of the ACC. I, I thought Miami was the second-best team until NTSU showed showed me different. Um, I, I, I thought now I guess, shoot, I guess Wake Forest, like Brian said, is the class now. Um Syracuse has something to say about being up there in terms of like being a, I was arguing, making an argument. Florida State, I mean, in terms of their conference, Clemson's gonna have to, you know, they're gonna have to play Florida State. They're gonna have to play, um, I think they play Syracuse. Um, but they're yeah, gonna have, yeah, yeah. So they're gonna have a lot. They're gonna have a lot to, you know, to prove. But I mean, I still think it's Clemson and then everybody else in the ACC. But I think the ACC. Is definitely like other teams are definitely catching up with them, but Clemson still is elite. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still believe that they're a, a really good football team. You just 
they're winning in ways that we're not accustomed to seeing them win. You know, we're used to seeing them just, like you said, just dominate teams on both sides of the football, not giving up a lot of points, just overmatching other teams, just purely on talent. But that's that's not been the case these uh, past two years. You know, we um, they had the struggles up last year. They, they won 10 games last year, but to our standards, our people's standards, that's not Clemson. That's not where Clemson – should be this should be like a, a CFP team every year, but sometimes you got to take that step back and uh retool the, the the program. But on the schedule, man, I'm looking at it. I do see, I do see a uh, a highly competitive game. I mean, the NC State game. I mean, it's gonna have a, present its problems, but it is at home. But October 15th at uh Tallahassee, man, is could be. Could determine something, you know what I'm saying? If Novell, you know, if the the nose stay remain undefeated, hopefully, they, hopefully they could be remain. Both teams could be undefeated by the time they meet up. That could be a really huge uh, ACC matchup. I and mean, we haven't we haven't had a lot of huge ACC matchups, especially down in uh Tallahassee in a long time. And that and that game. I'm not trying to be, you know, be prison of the moment. That, that game could probably shift shift the the the, uh, the balance of power in uh, that conference, you know, especially with Mike Novell, you know, and we've been everybody, you know, a lot of, you know, he had, he still has a lot of people rooting for him down in Memphis. If he could get that going, man, that could be an interesting game, a conference shifting uh, game, but we'll see, but. The game against uh, Louisville, man. They play against this. Uh, I call him Lamar. Uh, Lamar Light against uh, Louisville. That could be another interesting game in, in November. But um, I think I think I still believe they can win the conference, man. They, they drop a game against somebody like a Florida State. Um, it hurts their chances of getting to the, to the CFP, but. It all depends on what happens with other teams and other conferences. So we'll see. But I think there's still the team to be in the ACC, man. I still I picked them to be a uh, CFP contender. So we'll see. All right, moving right along. Last topic of the night. We're gonna talk about this uh, Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State rumor that's been circulating for the past, I would say, forty eight hours. And I got an article pulled up from Sports Illustrated. And it was mostly uh, talking about uh, Joel Klatt from uh, Fox Sports, FS1, saying that he thinks he knows where uh, Deion Sanders will coach next. And I'm going to just go ahead and read a little quick excerpt from it. Written by, uh, let's see, Zach Coons. Deion Sanders has quickly become one of the most sought-after coaches in college football as programs have already begun to move on from current program leaders in 2022. Jackson State head, uh, Jackson State coach has established himself as a strong recruit at the HBC school, HBCU school and has a 19-5 record on the field, resulting in his name being brought up in conjunction with some of the most high-profile jobs in the sport. I'm scrolling down. For Fox, for Fox Sports analyst Joel Clatt, Coach Prime's logical next stop in the coaching profession is at Auburn, 
quote, when I look at Auburn, the only way to get there, to get where they expect to be, is to win some recruiting battles. And 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 think of some of the coaches they have got compete. They gotten they have gotten they've got to compete with to win some of those recruiting battles. It's going to be very it's going to wow, it's going to be very difficult, class said, on the next round Monday on the on class said on the next round Monday podcast. To me, that's the first and foremost criteria for your next coach at Auburn. Can you go into any living room in America and win recruiting battles? And to me, Deion, that's Deion Sanders. So that's why I think Deion's going to be the next coach at Auburn, end quote. All right, so I just want you all to share your thoughts on what uh, Class said, and we're going to just, you know, do a little roundtable on this. Uh, I'll take it first. Uh, yeah, I think if there's one of these jobs that are open, uh, I think Auburn is a possibility. So I, I hope that if he gets an opportunity at a place like Auburn, you, you take it. Uh, his staff will be important. Uh, but I, I, I personally would like to see him stay at Jackson State, see if he can build that program ultimately up to where they can become an FBS program and take it from there. But if you get opportunity at Auburn, uh, uh, Nebraska, those are like Arizona State, Georgia Tech, I would stay away from that job, even though it's in the South and um, it's in, in Atlanta, it's it's a challenging job. If I was Georgia Tech, the number one person I'll call for that job is Jamie Chadwell. Someone made a, a very interesting point I didn't really think about. The offense he runs, at uh, Coastal, it's kind of like this uh, similar offense. Uh, well, not similar. It's the it's the it's the uh, passing version of the of the option offense. I know that's kind of hard to understand, but that's what a lot of people are describing it. So, basically, to sum up what I'm trying to say, Deion Sanders should only take a job where it, it's a big time job. If it if it's like not that big of a jump from and when I say not that big of a jump, of course, if you go to Power Five school, it's a bigger it's a bigger job than Jackson State. But make sure you're you're not going to a job where you already have a disadvantage. You see what I'm saying? Go ahead, Leo. Go ahead, Leo. I know I can't hardly explain. Um, I think Auburn would be a solid job. Um, I was doing some research. Um. There's a lot of connections. Um, you know, Georgia Tech would have his issues. But Georgia Tech's not getting the best players because, and I hate to say this, but a lot of the best players aren't always, you know, academic, like, qualified. Like, at Georgia Tech, you can't just be a great athlete. You need to, you have to be an elite student. Like, you're not getting into that school without, you know, your grades being higher. So that's going to take away a lot of, you know, solid players. Not saying a lot of, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you said. Uh, academics is gonna be, but you know, um, like you also Georgia Tech, you know, don't have the they don't have the you know Deion Sanders is, is, is something I was doing research. He's not obviously y'all know he's not playing for first place or second place. They you go to Georgia Tech, you expect them to be the he wants to be the best team in the ACC, and and that's the goal. And that's not gonna be realistic because the the facilities and the resources aren't there for them to fully invest into it. I mean, it would be, you know, Atlanta, yeah, he'd be returning to his old stomping grounds in Atlanta, you know, a lot of connections. And so, 
but I don't think that's the fit. But I do think Aubrey is intriguing for two reasons. Number one, Deion Sanders at Under Armour affiliated. That would be huge when it comes like, you know, those camps that they be having, like the Under Armour, like All-American games, stuff like that. The huge affiliation is there, you know. That's that's a big thing. Another two, another thing, too, that I really like is that Auburn's going to give him the resources, the NIL, you know, to compete. You know, they're going to they're gonna make everything available to him. And I think, in my opinion, they, they would, you know, open that checkbook. And Auburn, by himself, if Deion Sanders goes there, I think that automatically would sway, you know, obviously he's going to have to go do the recruiting like he's been doing. But he, that sways a lot. Of, a, a couple of, you know, big-time recruits are going to head that way because they've seen what he's built at Jackson State. And another thing, too, that CFP is spending from four teams to 12 teams. Deion Sanders goes to Auburn. Auburn's going to be in that, in that hunt for that, to be in that top 12. So that's also a, another thought that you know that could that could be going through his head. I go to Auburn, I play in the SEC. If I go if I, if I go win 10, 11 games, if I if I win tw- ten games in a season, I'm in the hunt for a top twelve spot. You know what I'm saying? So I think those options are playing well in his head. And you know, Auburn. I mean, people act like Auburn hasn't fired hasn't fired. They, they haven't fired. Them. They still have a head coach. I mean, we're talking about this job like they don't have a head coach, but apparently. From what the word is, is he not going to be the head coach next year? If they continue to struggle, if they have more bad games, it, when he won't be. Yeah, Hartson. You're talking about Hartson, right? Yeah, yeah. Brian Hartson. He's a dead man walking, in my opinion. Uh, it's only a matter of time. Like, if they had lost this game this past week, he would have been gone. Uh, he, it's only a matter of time. I'll be, I'll be stunned if he's back next season. But I could see him getting a job either at his back as almost modern at Boise State or a job on the West Coast. The only thing I'll say, and I listen to Josh Pay, y'all know who he is. He made a good point about Auburn, why it's kind of a tricky job. Just in your division, you're the fourth or fifth best job. Alabama's better. LSU's better. Texas A&M is better. I'm trying to think if there's another one off the top of my head. Ole Miss is better. No, I think Lane Kiffin is a better coach. Ole Miss isn't. You could, you, Auburn's a better job at LSU. Arkansas, that's a tough one. I think they're kind of equal in a way. Um, what's State. the other job? State. Is that? Mississippi State. Yeah, State. so I guess I guess it's ahead of those schools. But think about it, just there, and so that's why. Like some people thought Billy Napier would be a good, good candidate for Auburn, and he would, but he wouldn't take that job because he's a very calculated individual, and. If you go to Auburn already, you're behind some of those schools and resources and booster money. So you just wouldn't. It, you, that's why Auburn. Yeah, I think it could work, but his staff would be very, very important, um, especially his offensive coordinator, because it's the way you win. You got to have a good quarterback, dynamic quarterback, and you got to be able to score points. Defense, I think you can figure it out, but you have to have the right staff. And another thing, no one, some people have mentioned it. How would it work with his son? Because as good as his son is, I'm, that's a big jump from Jackson State to Auburn. And at, at, at Auburn, you got to play the best guy. You can't just play your son because he's your son. He could end up being the best guy, but people will notice if he's not, and he'll have that'll be a tough decision to have to make. You know what I mean? So it's stuff right. like that. A lot of people aren't really talking about that you have to think about when you make a jump that big. That's why he made 
consider going because if you go to Georgia Tech, his son will definitely probably be the best quarterback there. But if you go to Auburn, the players they recruit, that's not necessarily the case. He's better than TJ Finley, Brad. And I, that's from seeing him in person. He's better than TJ Finley. That may be fair, but we we haven't seen – yeah, I guess that's fair. But Rob, the yeah, quarterback – like a five-star recruit, man. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he was probably – he was probably highly – High rated higher. Five star recruit, man. Yeah. TJ Philly. He was at LSU. Yeah, he was a big time recruit. Big time recruit. I I don't know if he was a, I don't know why. He could have been outside. I thought he was a star. What did he do to to become that? Because I haven't seen anything at Auburn. He was pretty good at LSU in high school in Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man, it'd be like, it'd be like Jaden. He's like Jaden Hardaway. Well, I'm not, I'm not, not sure if that's the greatest comparison. But I see saying, your point. You know the coincidence. I see yeah. Your point. Yeah. But I think I hope he can stay at Jackson State and just finish the job there and uh, continue to uh, lift up HBCUs. I wish he could, like, make HBCUs to where their championship is just as, as important as a CFP championship, you know? But if he does leave, I think the best job, man, for him, man, would be Auburn, man. I think it would be Auburn. Um, you say that, it's, I mean, Atlanta ain't that far away from Auburn, so I think he would be great for recruiting. I think he could um, – Get that program back to where it usually is. It wants to be. It could be a more consistent program, in my opinion, because with Auburn, there'll be a um, a CFP contender one year, then the following year they'll regress, and then it, next year is they contended, and it's you know next year they fall off. So I think it'd be great, man. Then that way you could see him playing against Saban if he's still around. Him going against Nick Saban, him coaching against Brian Kelly, um, a Mike Leach, or uh, Lane Kiffin, all, all those different types. You have all those coaching styles in one division against yeah. Sam Pittman. I think it would be pretty good, man. Pretty um, cool to see that kind of – see something like that. But um, I think it could work, man. I think it could work if you you, you uh, hire Deion Sanders to coach at Auburn. I don't see him fitting well at uh somewhere like uh Nebraska. Uh, what's the other job that's gonna come open? There's Arizona State, Colorado. Arizona. I don't, yeah. I don't see him going to Colorado. But I think the one thing I'll say that that's a tough job, but the Pac-12 is changing a little bit. They would probably give him more time, and he could maybe recruit better than people think because Colorado is kind of closer to Texas and also California. But the one thing you got, he'll have to do. That's very very important. He'll have to be calculated with which job he takes. But your staff, I'm telling you, your staff, especially for someone, because as good as a coach as Dion is, he he's more of a CEO type of coach. We can all agree on that. He's he's not a great offensive coordinator, offensive mind, or a great defensive mind. Or at least he hasn't proven that. So I think – You have to be in college football, though. No, you don't have – not necessarily. Yeah, I don't you think do. you – Yeah, you, you do. He, you have to be a CEO know. type of college football. No, well, the most coaches are the successful ones, but that ain't Toronto. <laughs> I don't. He won a national title, so you got to give him credit. Yeah, 
Look what yeah. he had, man. But yeah, I guess maybe you could say Joe Brady and Dave Aranda deserve more credit. But yeah, I think it can work for Dion, but his staff will have to be critical and he'll have to make some tough decisions, especially his the decision with his son. If I was his son, I'd probably stay at Jackson State, then transfer to Auburn. But yeah. if he not saying he's not good enough, maybe he can prove that he can be good enough, but uh, he'll have to make the tough decisions. He can't just play your son because he's your son. I don't think he would do that, but you those are the type of decisions you have to make at a school like Auburn. And as they, I don't, they may give him a little bit more time than Brian Harson, but at the end of the day, it's a results business. You don't get the job done, you won't get fired. Like at Jackson State, they'll almost never fire him. He would have to like have it would be like an investigation where he did something wrong. Then the, I think that's then they'll fire him. But why are you putting limitations on him though? What do you mean? I, like I you, said, you said well, Georgia Tech coaching at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech would be hard for him. It would be. Do you know how hard a, a job Georgia Tech is? Dude, I just dude. It's one of the hardest. Job, man. It's one of the hardest jobs. They can make it work. People have made it work, man. Yes, but think about how they made it work. They he was Paul Johnson was running a triple option because he knows that they're not gonna get some of the big time recruits. Now Dion can maybe change that. No, but Georgia Tech has some good talent come out of that program, man. Yeah, they've had Back but in the day. it's harder. So do you think if he if he had, if you were Dion, Tech, man. if you were Dion, you would choose Georgia Tech over Auburn? It depends, man, dude. Georgia Tech has money, dude. They got resources. We'll see. They got I, resources, man. I hope he can prove me wrong, but I, like I said, Jamie NFL talent has come out of that program. Yeah, yeah I know. It's Calvin Johnson. It's kind of ironic. They were known for that running off. Demarius Thomas. Yeah, Demarius Thomas. They had a real, dude, back in the day, Georgia Tech had a really good program, man. Yeah, I think yeah. they even won. They won a national title too. Yeah, they, I mean, so resource you can, you can recruit at Georgia Tech, man. But you're in, you in the state of Georgia. You in in, in in the state of Georgia, man. You already you can find them recruits, man. Yeah, but the problem with the tech school is also they also don't have a, a lot of degrees like a Auburn will because they're tech. Man, you, they, there you go again, man. You These are some dudes, man. I'm not, but I'm a realist. So you, you think, are. You think I'm a realist? You know me too well. I'm a realist. I'm gonna you tell think you. You can't do it though. Yeah, because it's a hard job. Man, don't put come on, man. I think I think he could do it better at Auburn than at Georgia Tech. Because at least too, at but Auburn, I think he could do just as good just as good at just as well at uh Georgia Tech too. All right, so what real. do you think the expectations at Georgia Tech would be for him? Bowl games. Bowl games win the ACC. <laughs> Literally. All right, and you yeah. think he could do that? You I would give him a pass his first year. After that, you can think he can make a bowl game. Every single year at Georgia Tech. Yeah. All yeah. right, maybe, maybe that's just your opinion. Auburn, eventually you'll you'll have to compete for a national title, and I think he I think he could do that. And there's more pressure to win at Auburn. But the thing is, even if it doesn't work out at Auburn, you're going to get a huge buyout. So the, I'd rather also go to Auburn for that reason too, because I like that. You don't want to go in. You like you don't want to go in. You don't want to go in with the opportunity thinking of that. I also another thing. DB that does go in your favor. I'm looking at the teams that's in the coastal ACC coastal, yeah. Virginia Tech, Duke, North Carolina, Pitt, Miami, Virginia. Not too many great teams. They're yeah. in a weak. They're in a weaker side. So if he got the right recruits, they could be on the rise quickly. Especially competing for the coastal. They they could be competing for a coastal championship in a couple of years with him. You know, as a coach. Yeah. So I mean, he can do it. He could, but 
I, I, I would stay away from that job. I'd rather yeah. take Arizona State. And I'd rather probably take every job out there. Maybe Colorado could be the exception. But I'd probably rather take that over Georgia Tech, in my opinion. Georgia Tech's a difficult job, man. I'm telling yeah. you. It really, really is. When is when is Northwestern going to get rid of Pat Fitzgerald? Because they've just averaged every year. And, like, I like Pat a lot. But, my God. I don't think they'll fire. Of they may Some people think he's an NFL coach, man. Yeah, they won't what? fire him. But yeah, I heard think he's an NFL coach. They say, they say he's a broke I mean, man's version of David Shaw. I think he's a good coach. <laughs> but think about, like, all right, Northwestern's a perfect example. It's basically the Georgia Tech of the Big Ten. Same thing with Stanford. Why are they struggling? Well, Stanford is in its uh, own lane because, one, they don't have early enrollment, and that's huge with this new early signing day. And, two, that it's the only school where you have to be admitted in before they can give you a scholarship. So they have their, they have the highest standards in the nation academically. So, but you, the challenges you have at those schools, I'm telling you, I would stay away from it if I was him because it, it's, it's a really, really difficult challenge. I'd rather build up Jackson state than go to Georgia tech. That would be me. Right. That would be me. Right. But, uh, so let me ask you, uh, where's the rumor? Where's the rumor coming from about Jackson State trying to be a uh, FBS school? Well, I thought I saw something. I went back and I guess it didn't happen. I think they were they were they were rumored about them joining the Sun Belt, and it just didn't happen. But they no, you talking about Jacksonville State? Oh, Jacksonville yeah. State? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who that's who was trying to join the but Jacksonville State. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought it was Jackson State. I I guess I was wrong. I so I want to ask y'all this too. So if he does leave Jackson State, do you think the HB the HBCU schools could continue the the momentum that they have right now with the investments and the different you know platforms to watch the um, the game and stuff like that? Well, actually, yes and no. In terms of like the hype Dion has brought for Jackson State, probably not. But I still think that they could still build some stuff. They'll have to hire hire the right people, and maybe guys like guys like I don't know if you take it, but guys like Brian Flores, if he's really committed, you need the one thing about the situation that HBCUs in, you need someone that's really really committed to build it up. And so that's Deion Sanders was perfect for it. But um, if you don't have the right commitment, it's going to be hard to build it up. But uh, that that that's the challenge. I don't think because Dion's brought so much hype, and it, it would be hard to replace them. But I still think they can be effective programs if they hire the right people. It's all about hiring the right people and people that have patience or willing to build. Because building an HVCU up to maybe where you want it to be, that's probably one of the hardest jobs uh, to ever to do. What you got, Leo? Three things. First of all, the reason why I say no. First of all. Lack of a rival. There's no what other HBCU do we talk about like JSU, like that in terms of on field success. South Carolina State was a team that won the swag last year, and I don't even think we don't even know who their coach is. That's that's, and I think that would hurt if you were to go make a transition to you know with, who's going to be that team that steps up. Number two, like you said, you just addressed it, Brian. N- Lots of coaches use those type of jobs, HBU C jobs, is is launching pads. Deion Sanders has never done that. He's never used. I don't think he's used Jackson State as a launching pad for another job, or he would have already taken it. 
because they I'm pretty sure he's gotten FBS offers. Well, in my I, opinion. No, I don't, I don't think he. You know, you don't think, think he's that. He's, he's been interviewed. No, I don't think he's had an offer. I don't. You don't he's think been, so? No, I don't. I think if he had an offer, one, he would have admitted that he turned it down. We've never heard that yet. I know he was interviewed by TCU, Arkansas. Um, I'm trying to see, I feel like there's another one I'm, I'm missing. But I don't think he's got an offer. I do not. I think he's got an interview, but he's not got an offer. Because I feel like if he got an offer, we would have known more about And he would have, because Dion's a very up upfront type of guy, he would have said that he turned it down. So, no, I don't think he's got an offer. Okay. So, I don't know, man. I just hope he stays at Jackson State, man. Um, I mean, you know, like, if he doesn't go to, uh, like, a a P5 school, it's not the end of the world, you know. It's like, it's not like he don't need it. Yeah, he needs to go to that school to to, uh, continue to coach and be successful, you know. So, hopefully he can stay at Jackson State, man. And I think, can I say something? I think Jackson State really, really appreciates him. You know what I mean? They really, really appreciate him. Like, at Auburn, not saying they wouldn't appreciate him, but he's just another coach trying to get them where they ultimately want to be. But at Jackson State, he's like, if it gets, if he keeps on building it, I wouldn't be surprised one day they name something after him, build him a statue. It, mean, it means something, you know, to them yeah. more than one of these other schools. So I agree. I, I want him to stay. But All if right. you get an opportunity like Auburn or one of these big schools or even a school where you feel like you can, you know, get them where they want to be, it's going to be harder to turn down. But we'll see. One more thing I want to say, y'all, before you go ahead, BB. Uh, I, I know this is probably a crazy and highly unlikely. I don't like using scenarios that aren't realistic. But do you think if uh, Deion Sanders makes the jump from FCS to FBS, that he would go to a non power five school like Memphis? Hypothetically. I just do you. <laughs> no, like, in our city, ready to clown like, Memphis already. No, is it? What you say? Here ain't a clown Memphis, man. With that, hey, you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me with the whole drift that went down at the, at the class. Yeah, yeah, we forgot. We gotta hear that. We didn't tell me that they asked Shadar Sanders about the uh, the traditions of the rivalry between uh, Tennessee State and Jackson State, and Dion just went in and just cut him off in the yeah. field and said, "We don't care." You didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah, because he was like. He was saying that um, there's no robbery. He said, like, he asked his players, like, is that a robbery? Like, we just got here. And, like, yeah, he he, he basically just dissed the whole thing. Like, this, we look at them as rivals. We look at them as, you know, com, you know, this is a historic. It may be a historic event, but they don't really look at it like that. And he really just trashed it. And he really, he really, he really was just pushing the narrative for it to be in Jackson. Like, he, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah and he don't really. I could tell, you know, Memphis ain't his, you know. He yeah, don't they don't want to try to. He don't want to try. They don't want to come back. So I mean, shoot, if Memphis, you, I guess you're right. If Memphis was that appealing, he would, he, he wouldn't be so adamant about not coming back. <laughs> but yeah, but he would be the right thing, the right choice for the right guy for Memphis if they did. Yeah. Without the ad, without the attitude, because I think he could get a lot of things moving in regards to. Getting the uh, the fan base engaged into the uh, to football, man. Because I was out there this past week, man. I'm just like, wow, man. And 
empty crowd, 60,000 seat stadium. You won't be, <laughs> but you won't be a P5 school. I go to these uh, social media, uh, Facebook groups, and the complaints is that it was too hot. And they got this going on. They got this. I'm like, dude, places like freaking uh, Athens, Georgia, they have games at uh, 11, 2 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, well, uh, Michigan, they playing Hernstown C Stadium with the sun bearing down on them. Do they, do they complain? Take it for granted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but also, they play, you name towns, they really ain't nothing else to do. Memphis, yeah. it ain't really that much to do, but, you know, I can find something else to do besides go to a Tiger game in Memphis. It didn't make sense. And also, I think with uh, Dion, if Dion came to Memphis, that could almost secure them a power five spot. Yeah, it would. I don't know about that. I disagree with that. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I would love that to see it, but um, but yeah, I agree. I think he would definitely bring a lot of hype. Imagine Deion Sanders and, and Penny Hardaway as they yeah. and, and, and your boy, what his name is? Uh, Bronny, Deion Bronny, Ash the son, Penny's son, yeah, and Penny. Man, that, and man, that put the team over And it would mean Memphis would have a black head coach in football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah, and a black quarterback too. Oh. We just assume his sons is gonna be the starter everywhere he goes. No, no, I believe they'll they'll eventually get a black quarterback down. Maybe it's his son or not. But Tevin, I think you'd give Tevin an opportunity. And Tevin, I think we'll get an opportunity. I don't know how long he's willing to wait though. Um, but yeah, right. Dion to the to Memphis would be nice. But another question I thought: What about Dion to the NFL? You think that'll happen, or would he want to do it? <laughs> no, nah, he don't want to no. do it. I think he's a better teacher. Like I, I think yeah. he's a good teacher of young men. I don't think he really deal with it. I don't think D okay. When you get to the NFL, D has a big ego. Like big ego, we all know that. You gonna get to the ego with NFL players that are just as big as the ego as you. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know how it is. Like you can he could coach in college because people guys have the all of oh hey, I'm Dion, I'm being coached by Dion Sanders, the former all pro cornerback you know what i'm saying they're gonna have this yeah. all of him in the nfl they're not gonna have that all of you like you're just a coach now like you know what i'm saying you're a, you're you're somebody from the past so like you know they, they're not gonna have that all of him though they did their respect of him you know what i'm saying and they're already set in their ways of doing stuff whereas in obviously in college that's where you mold guys young men into you know grown men so i think he enjoys doing that process yeah yeah and then another thing um regards to like the, the crowd stuff a lot of schools that are like located in, in within like medium to large cities have this issue. Like uh, Miami, Miami Hurricanes. Ever since they turned on the uh, Orange Bowl, they don't bring a lot of big crowds at um that that stadium here at a Hard Rock Stadium, UCLA. Um, their stadium, the Rose Bowl, is almost empty. The LA Coliseum is um does it's not a full house at um certain games. So I can see that issue right there, but um. Speaking of Memphis, I did a little, uh, you know, scout report on uh, their opponent this week, a uh, Temple, and uh, the game might be a little closer than what we think, because uh, Temple got the 18 ranked defense, man, and yeah. the games they lost were real close. Outside of the, they got blown up by Duke, and they lost to Rutgers by like two points. They shut out UMass this past week, and Memphis 
lost like three guys on the offensive line, if I'm not mistaken, in that game against North Texas. So I can only imagine if they, they if, if North Texas could, could cause trouble, I can only imagine what Temple might be able to do. Yeah, I'm hoping I can go. I'm waiting for some final details, uh, but I'm hoping I can go. But yeah, Kurt Warner's son, I think, is a quarterback. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting game for his conference game. Uh, Memphis obviously wants to beat them. I think we've lost the past two meetings to them. The one, I think maybe the ones on the road. Uh, and everyone's talk, always think about that Joey Magnifico catch. Or, or not play. catch. Yeah. But play. yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I think it'll be closer than people think. No doubt about it. What you got, Leo? Yeah, I, like you said, DB, um, I think, like you said, with the Timbers situation, like Timbers have always been a trap game for them, like always. It's like been a, it's been a game that they, you know, they always have found they found a way to lose. Like Temple, I don't know what it is about Temple, but you know, I. But we're going back to what you were saying, DB, about the small, big crowds. You know, like this, like you in Miami, it's mm-hmm. hell, it's hell of stuff to do out there. Like plus, the, the, the 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 hurricanes ain't the main attraction. Like Memphis Tigers, like it's way more things people. I'm not saying the yeah. people cover football like. Memphis is not football is not the attraction, you know. It's not, you know. Now, now we're getting primed. I think every game will get sold out. Not every game, but they getting at least forty-five to fifty thousand fans every week if Prime was their head coach. Yeah, like, every week, like just to see, like people just want to see him, like just want to be there, like you know. They're not. It's like like we another thing about these like big successful programs like the like Alabama's, the um, Georgia's, like you said, Michigan's, the. Um, who else? Who else? Oklahoma's. They all in. They all in places where it ain't. It ain't bleep else to do but watch yeah. them. Yeah. That's yeah. A big thing. Yeah, and um, Tulane is like this as well. Um, before Tulane built their uh, own campus stadium, they'll play in a Superdome. The Superdome used to be empty, man. Just like the Liberty Bowl, because nobody not going to no, no football game on a Saturday in the walls, man. To watch Tulane play, especially if you're not good. And I heard that they have issues selling that um Yeoman out. They're, they're, they're on Cable Stadium, Camp Stadium out. They don't even go to that. So it just it's just what it is with colleges and, and cities. So we'll see. All right, man. That's all we have for y'all for right now, man. Give us a like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Let us know how you feel about the topic, the topics we talked about tonight. Also, if you listen to us through Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star rating. We need your reviews. Any topics we talk about tonight. Also, check out strikesoundsports.com for latest content on NFL, the NBA, and much more. We'll be talking about NBA content real soon, so be on the lookout. Have a blessed night. Peace. We out.